Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. It's usually around this time of year that, that people start thinking about reflecting back on their life. It's a new year. This is January of 2022, the time of this recording. And it often comes to mind that we start reflecting on our life, on our choices, on our decisions, how far we pushed or how long do we go or how long do we neglect ourselves before we take the time to reflect on, again, our life, our choices, our decisions. Well, my guest is an innovator, a person who introduces new methods and ideas and blends them with sometimes somewhat traditional ideas. She's known for finding common ground and powerful connections in unexplored territories. She's an engineer. She's got a master's degree in industrial design and considers herself a cross-pollinator. So I'm curious how Jennifer Peavy will describe herself, but I want to welcome you, Jennifer, to Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you so much, Jackie. I'm so glad to be here. Um, it is, it's, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. guess I might as well ask you, are you who you are today because of or in spite of your mom? Um, today, uh, definitely in spite of. Um, I spent most of my life because of, of what she had taught me. And um, I think the pandemic caused me to shake up a lot of what I was uh, believing and the way I was living my life. And so I, I made a, a hard switch during the middle of the pandemic. You did. And one that you're going to tell us about, right, in this conversation. So how about if we just yeah. start off with your mom's name? So her name is Jane. And uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. That's a beautiful area. And what is it, because you said in spite of and because of, so what's the contrast there? What's the differentiation? So I think if there was one line that we would want to put on this is uh, my mother believed that we should always be busy. And every moment must be occupied with doing something. And it's very interesting, I, not this Christmas, but the Christmas prior, I had given my parents a um, subscription to a story collection where they prompt them with questions, and then they were able to answer those questions. And I just found the one about my mother talking about her mother. And it literally starts with, with the question is, what was your mother like? And it, so this is my mother. What was my grandmother like? And she says, my mother was always busy. And there was a lot of that going on that I had to constantly be moving about and doing things. Now, I'm not sure why it was passed down that way, but it, it was just the fact that you needed to be busy. Obviously, there was a reason. I didn't ever know the reason. So during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time questioning, why am I so busy? And for that matter, why am I busy on these things that I don't really even want to do? <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, does that include your engineering degree and your yeah. industrial design degree? Or was that something you well, wanted to do? Well, it, in, my father was an engineer, so it made sense that I did engineering. My mother was a math teacher, so I, math and science was something I, it came easily to me, so it made sense. But no, I was bored. I was absolutely bored as an engineer, but I did it for 20 years. Because, you know, it was decent pay, and it was fine. Um, now, industrial design, when I found it, 
I will say, in a way, it was not what I wanted to do, but in a way it was. It was closer. I, I had always just wanted to be a working artist. I was, I was very creative. I did not have exposure or training, probably, enough to either be competent or do it on my own, but at least industrial design allowed me to really pull out that creative side and really pull out the empathizing with people and observing why people did things, because I find people fascinating when I get to see how they do things. I'm not a chit-chatter at a party, but I love to people watch. And so industrial design allowed me to do part of that. Right. So you have a right-left brain activity, but you are so curious about or wanting to use your hands and shape things and create things. Yes, yes, yes. I really like making um, but I also enjoy then the mental figuring out how to make it or how I want to design it. So there's, there's, as you say, both going on there, which is rare in this day and age to be able to be allowed to do both things and, and have a good living. That's a gift to be able it to is. have. Well, at least you acknowledged it that you had, you were missing something. Good for you. Yeah. 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 And I, I probably spent most of my life feeling like something was missing, but I'm supposed to be busy. Now, why did your mother continue what was handed down from her mother? You think that she would have said, mm, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fully convinced that she did think, why did I want to continue doing this? And she wanted to be busy. And, 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 and it's actually in this story that she wrote about her mother, um, one of the things that happened was my grandfather had a heart attack when my mother was nine years old. And I can read you the line that she wrote. Please. That um, my father had his first heart attack when I was nine years old. My mother cared for him and through many more heart episodes. She feared that he would get sick during the night and emergency people would be coming to our house. So every night before going to bed, she checked to make sure that every room in the house was perfect. She even ironed the sheets when they were washed so the beds looked nice. She also ironed my dad's underwear so that if he got sick while in a hotel, his suitcase looked neat. Her biggest fear was that my father would die young and that she would not have any employable skills to support us. And what's interesting after that is she does say, you know, her mother was a superwoman, but that she, that she felt loved and secured and that my grandmother made her childhood happy. But I can tell you my mother is an anxious person. Well, because your mom was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. She was always prepared yeah. for the next emergency or disaster. Yes, and that's the way she grew up, even though, um, you know, my father did perfectly fine as an engineer. They are doing very well. They are healthy. Um, but she, to this point, like going down for the holidays, my mother plays the piano, and she was playing for a number of services between the 23rd and the and 24th with Christmas Eve. And she was visibly shaking. She is so nervous about this. But that's not a new thing. It's not because of age. She has always been extraordinarily scared of actually performing. She's very good, but there's a level of perfection in there, like the ironing of the sheets, you know, this, this worry of things. And um, she, she was exhausted on Christmas Day because of it. Um, oh, that's terrible. 
It is. But, but she does put on she does put on a very happy front. But you know, down deep, I, I, I she's a very anxious person, and that translated. And I think the busyness is trying to soothe that. I don't know if she's trying to accumulate more, you know, Girl Scout badges, or if she's just distracting herself, or if okay, this is what my mother did, and I know that I need to be just like my mother. You know, but that's that's what she does, and I did the same thing. How long did your grandfather live? Oh, he lived into his eighties. So oh, his, God. I'm on, oh yeah, he lived for fifty years. Oh, that's beyond. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Died in his sleep the, the way all of us would want to go. Wow. So after all of that anxiety and fear and anxiousness, he went the most peaceful way one could hope, in my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you talked to your mom about all this? We do not do that. We don't. No, we we don't talk about we 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 don't talk about things like that. That's not something our family does. So no, I have not. I do um, have siblings. I do have a sister, and uh, she has five children. So you can imagine what her life is like. Um, but yeah, no. And does your sister have the same relationship with your mom as you do, or a different relationship? It's a little bit different, um, but it's it's the it's similar in the it only goes to a certain depth. Um, and my sister and I do not have a deep relationship either. Oh, uh, and part strange. of that is she has five children; she just doesn't have time. Yeah. So, um, but that's that's kind of waned over time as well. Did you just find this recently, the story that your mother wrote about her mom? I did. I did because they they spent all of 2021 writing these stories, and now now the project is complete, and it's time to edit it. And so I'm going through it and um, organizing which order the stories go into. And, yes, I just found it this week, in fact. Other than this anxiousness, are there other things that your eyes really popped open wide? of their, their relationship? It does help a lot to, to um, understand that. I, you know, my mother was an only child, and so therefore my sister and I were the only grandchildren, so we were adored by the grandparents. Um, and I always thought wonderfully of my grandmother. Of course, I didn't live with my grandmother, though. I, complete, I do understand, as you say, when my eyes opened, to live with that kind of perfection all the time does explain some things about my mother's anxiety, um, definitely. Was it just during the pandemic that all of a sudden you said, this has to stop or this has to change? I know it was a big reformation for you. Yeah. So I, I, there, I could say that there was probably promptings throughout my whole life, but it took the pandemic, it took being quiet for a year before I could fully accept a lot of it to be able to hear the, my inner voice saying, this needs to stop. Uh, particularly the idea of um, just employment. So I also have a master's in engineering and I was struggling. I was bored with my engineering and I can remember talking to my mother about the fact I was bored and I was thinking about going back and I, I didn't live far from a university and thought I'd go get an architecture degree. And she looked at me and said, that's a waste of an education. And I internalized that. You don't walk away from that. 
So that was one reason I didn't um, change things or I didn't feel like I could change things. You know, I had my one chance, and, and therefore you're just going to live your life that you set up. Um, and, yeah, I did that for 20 years doing that particular job. I did start to change things um, when I grew to a certain point in my engineering degree, and I, I would take like a little step to the right, and I got into innovation management, which was adding the business side to the technical side. And then I took another step to add design into it. But it was really when I left corporate America that was the biggest step. And I still went and got a, a job. I ended up working at a university for about a year under a contract. But the pandemic was the first time where I said, I'm going to take care of myself. And I, I'm not going to worry. And, I, and it took a long time for me not to say, I have to get a job. I have to get a job. I have to get a job. Because I did. And I'm sorry. That's probably not clear. I went into the pandemic when the contract was over. And I had another position that I was interviewing for, and then everything fell through because of the pandemic. So I spent a lot of time in the pandemic unemployed. So the anxiety of the fact I must be employed and I must be busy really plagued me a great deal. Absolutely. We don't know how long this is going to last. We put pressure on ourselves to figure something out as the responsible one, as the one that's got to be in control every minute. we got to be doing something. Yeah. Well, and what was interesting, so what I ended up doing was going back to the idea of reflecting. I knew that my intuition was high, and I knew that if I had a place where I could think about things, that I would start that cross-pollinating. I would start, I would start seeing things. I would start putting things together, and I would see new possibilities. And so while I couldn't stop completely, I would create space, or I would put a task on my list, so to speak, that I'm going to sit and reflect, and I'm going to spend a moment of quiet thinking about what I was going to do and whether I even wanted to do it. I would think about my options, and I would think about how I felt about those options. And that was also another big thing, because you know, my family, we don't talk about a certain level of depth. A lot of it is we don't talk about our feelings. did anything that was um, kind to our mother. It would make her cry, and that would make her angry. And I think that's part of that anxiety as well, is, is we didn't talk about our feelings, so... The idea of knowing how I felt about something, I was completely, it was a foreign thing to me. So I spent some time in the pandemic also listening for how I felt. Did I like this? And it, and it took a while to get my insights to give me an answer. And once I started giving it a chance to say something, well, then <laughs> this person started talking to me that I, you know, didn't necessarily know. And so that, that encouraged me to spend more time in that reflection to actually get to know this person and find out what is she like, what does she want to do, not just what I'm good at or not just what I'm capable of or not just what I could get paid for, but what in the world would actually bring me joy. It's like the artist's way. You have to... You have to go down deep 
and it takes time. Sometimes it's a couple steps forward, a couple steps backwards, and then you keep hopefully moving in that forward direction. But I I congratulate you for um, becoming aware. And and you say, what if we could be more successful if, if we spent less of our time stressed? And I think that's really important. As a society, I believe that we're wound pretty tight, a lot of us. Yeah. And I don't want to say I'm completely unwound, but I will say I'm spending more time peaceful than I am not. I mean, even in the pandemic, I would find moments, and I said, there's something here, and I want more of this. And I probably spend a lot of time, not only my physical health, my emotional, what I watch on TV, what I read, who I talk to, thinking about, is this good? Is this something that I recover easily from because I'm an introvert? So um, it all takes energy. But I want to engage, not that I want to be a hermit, but I also am being a lot more choosy because I want to feel good. And And that's really becomes the baseline. Part of it is peace. Part of it is joy. And what do I need to do to keep it? And so um, that was a lot of what I did in the pandemic is not just figure out how I was going to pay for things, but I was also figuring out what I ate, when do I go to bed. I mean, it was, it was a, a lot of things. What did I read? What did I spend time thinking about? Raising your vibration, starting to try and come alive from the inside out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, have you ever thought of writing your own story to your mom? Or are you not ready for that? As you read her story? Oh, to to mimic what she says. Not to mimic, but to share your experience of your relationship. I quite honestly think it would not that I would say something, but that it would hurt her. But I think whatever I would say would upset her. I, I don't I don't see it as a positive outcome because of her anxiety. It, it, we we honestly in a family live in a in a, a very facade and just everything is okay and don't don't go deep. Don't rock the boat. It, is she physical? Would you guys embrace as a child? Was she loving and hugging no. and? No, no, not at all. And that's that's also handed down. And I I. My great-grandfather was in the Civil War, and he came back with TB, and my great-grandmother was scared that if she had sex with him or embraced him, that she would transfer it to the children, and so therefore she didn't hug the children. And so my grandmother did not hug my mother, who did not hug me. So no. And, And she has only told me she loved me once in her whole life. So it, it, yeah. Wait. Yeah. And how old were you? Like, how long ago was this? Recently, or when you were thirty? Thirty. I was in my thirties. I was infertile, and it was it was during a lot of that. Did it blow you away when you when you heard that? It was well. I was I was in a very low moment. I couldn't have children. My sister was you know obviously popping out lots of children, and I couldn't. And um, and quite honestly, for me, that whole busyness. It, it, and the anxiety, it was it was like this was my last thing I could do to make try to make my mother happy was to give her a grandchild, and I couldn't even do that. Oh, but that's 
you're you're having your babies to make you happy, not just your mom happy. I completely I know that now. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. So did what it when she said that I love you, can you see sense and feel your reaction? I froze. I, I froze. I did not know what to do at that moment. I, you know, I was crying. I was low anyway, and so I just got, I leaned into that crying. Um, did she realize what she had said? Had, did, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Wow. I don't know. So if you could write something to her, a couple of lines, what what would you say to her? I don't know. Would an I love you be in there or not ready for that? I, I if I said it it would because it would be because I know it would make her happy or not happy, but I mean it would it would please her. Right. Not not because I feel it. I guess because it, it's good that she said it. She understood the position that you were in. It was extremely emotional. Oh, yeah. And she Absolutely. was able to say Absolutely. it. So many professionals that I've interviewed for the show, Rushka Hasseldein put it so succinctly. She goes, mothers can't give what they didn't have. And that doesn't excuse, I always say this, it doesn't excuse horrific behavior and abuse and all that kind of stuff. But if they were not given that... Yep then it's hard for them to give. Yeah. And and now that you understand that more clearly, maybe there's less hurt or more understanding. Well, but, and I think for me, it was the ability of letting go of the busyness that I now have more energy because I could focus on my health and, and, and all the aspects of that. Yeah, that's that a gift you on. gave yourself. Yes, and then therefore I have more energy and more, you know, if I have more self-compassion, then I have more compassion, I have more patience. Um, I don't know that I'd ever be a sweet person, but, you know, it would be one of these things where it's easier to be around because it, there's not all this energy. Because I, I can tell you, I, when I went down for the holidays, that was the first thing I noticed because I have not been there in two years. Was it like a tornado? It was. It was. I, I felt I could literally, the energy in the room, I, a tornado, is, it was a really way, a good way of putting it, like there was all of this debris that was just flying through the air hitting me. And um, and I could feel myself being sucked into it. That's a really good metaphor for it. And I would notice it and sometimes even physically step away from it. But I would say, okay, just take a moment, and I would find my pace. It wasn't like I had to stop, which I was pretty proud of. I would find my pace. And, you know, my parents are in their 70s, so they can only handle that, that energy for so long. <laughs> but your mom is creating that energy, not you, right? She's the right. creator. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> which means she exhausts herself. And so if I just kept my pace, if I found, I know what my pace is now, and I would just sit downshift into my gear, and I would just stay in my gear, and um, she would be, you know, sixth gear, and then all of a sudden she'd be in two. So. <laughs> Do you think that you, she, your mom and dad, after you left, spoke and said, 
Did you notice anything different with Jennifer this visit? Do you think that they picked up a different vibe from you? I don't. I don't know. It would be interesting. Um, <laughs> although my family, uh, we don't necessarily talk about death. We that we do talk about each other. <laughs> so they could have talked about me, and they could have talked to my sister about me. Well, in a good like way. They talked to I'm me sorry. about my sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Maybe you'll find that out someday. I don't know. I I might because you never know. it's it's kind of contagious. I think if you don't get caught up in other people's whether it's garbage yeah. or fury or whatever that is, yeah, and you just are still like a like a buoy in the sea, right? You just ride the yeah. waves and you're not emotionally attached. That energy can can change a room sometimes. So that's yeah. congratulations. You should be very proud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am of myself uh, to the point of, of you say or your suggestion that maybe I change the room. I don't know about that, but <laughs> you know what? It's little baby steps at a time. Exactly. And you know what? I don't think we're here to change people per se, but right. um, just be ourselves. And if someone wants to absorb it, then that's fantastic. We are the master of our own ship, the captain of our own ship. Yep. Well, if nothing else, I can say I am proud of the fact that I was myself as opposed to trying to be whatever I thought she wanted of me. Right. Good for you. It's definitely more healthy. So tell us, I know that you have natural reflectors out there. This is your latest yeah. book, correct? So tell us a little yeah. bit about that because um, we've been having such a wonderful conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the, the natural reflectors was actually output of of my work during the pandemic, I had created this structure of intentional reflection on what I wanted to act on, and I created my own personal process, which turned out to be a workbook. Um, and a lot of that was uh, just understanding how I would try things and going through a cycle. So I would reflect, I would plan, I would try some things, I would refine those things, and I would stop and evaluate. And then I would think about it and, and choose again whether I wanted to continue that project, another bite in it, or whether I wanted to do something. And that was where I found a lot. That structure allowed me to find a lot of peace and joy. What I ended up doing was actually looking at nature for the ways that it combines times of rest and times of action. Uh, a really easy one is with the seasons. Um, you know, here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're going into winter and it's cold and, and you know, the animals and the, the trees are all hibernating. So a time of more uh, reflection or a time of more dreaming. In fact, this is what I'm doing right now. January, as opposed to resolutions, I am dreaming. Um, and so the book itself, Natural Reflectors, is in not necessarily my process, um, because that was part of when I started sharing my process with people, they said, well, this is interesting, but there are so many ways that nature does this. So my book goes into the idea of having a personal process that require, that has the elements of reflection and action, um, but then how to look to nature for what resonates with people. There may be something completely different than what I do um, that would be interesting to them. And then finally, how to actually apply that to one's life. So the idea of Trying some things, uh, trying some things out, uh, being able to understand if it worked, and then making choices on how to move forward. There are a number of stories in there to hopefully bring some inspiration. And uh, what I'm working on right now actually is that workbook to follow up with that. 
Oh, good. And it's available on Amazon because I'll put the Amazon link in my Simplecast page. Is that right? If people are interested? Yes, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. I love that you spent this time in a productive way. Oh, it's been so stressful for so many people, and you're able to, to turn it around. Yes, it's still stressful, but you spend some time trying to better yourself, and, and I think that's Absolutely. wonderful. Check out Natural Reflectors, and it's about shifting perspective. And if we just start getting those wheels spinning, I think it can help all of us. Jennifer PV, last name is spelled P is Peter, E-A, V is Victor, E-Y. Jennifer PV, thank you so much for joining us on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you, Jackie. This has been a wonderful discussion.